Welcome to Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and equips you to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. You you know what I've learned? I've learned that faith without action really makes no difference at all. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that with great, if, if great intentions are just left there, it doesn't necessarily create forward progress? Have you noticed? How many of you say, man, I have the greatest intention of doing something good? Anybody? But if you don't do it, then nothing done was really good. Intentions will not get you very far, but faith plus works will get you as far as, as you want to go. Today, what we're doing is we're talking specifically about this idea of determining what matters most. And in week number one, if you want to write this down, you can. We're talking about priority today. Would you just look at your neighbor real quick and say priority? Okay, now priority of what? Because if I say priority, your priorities might be different than my priorities, right? So I'm going to answer the question for all of us. And I think without a doubt, we're all probably going to agree that this priority should be number one. Okay, you ready for it? Here's the priority that we're talking about today. The priority today is putting God in the center of our lives. Now, how many of you guys think, and this time we'll just do it with a nod of the head instead of a raised hand, because I'm going to get you tired by the end of the day. How many of you would agree that's probably a really good priority? Awesome. You guys got that going. Now, some of you still lifted your hands. I love you so much. We're talking specifically about this whole idea of placing Jesus in the center, okay? But let me give you the reason behind this whole idea of this series. In week number one, just want to lay the foundation. Here's what I believe. I believe that one of the greatest threats in our world today is a word called distraction. Would you look at your neighbor real quick and say distraction? Now, have you noticed how easy it is to be distracted by all the things that are around us on a day-to-day basis. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how hard it is to make a decision now? For example, you want to have what's called a Netflix binge. You want to spend the day being lazy, watching a show. So you get there, you grab the controller, you pop it on, and the first thing that comes to your mind is, where in the world do I even begin? You want to know why that is? Because there's so many options. And with so many options, it's really hard to make a decision, which therefore means it's very easy to get distracted. For some of you who know, back in the day, three channels. That was it. Sacramento, California, I'll give them to you. Three, 10, 13, that's all. And whatever was on, that's what you got. And if you didn't like it, you went outside and actually did this thing where you actually play. Like you, you run and you throw stuff or you mess with people. It's an outdoor activity, right? Speaking to my boys, Nintendo Switch all day. No, get outside. It was, it was easy, but now it's not because now it's like, okay, Netflix or Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, Amazon Prime, where do I shop? Target, Walmart, options, options, options. It's easy to get distracted. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Not a secret. That's a wreck. I'll let you in on my life a little bit. It's like, I cannot, no matter how hard I try anymore, I'm only 37 years old. I'm not old. I'm not going to play the old card game, okay? But I used to, back in the day, put together a message with music blaring in the background, my inbox open, my phone ready to go, and could put together a message and get up and preach it. Now, I didn't say preach it good, but I can get up and preach it. Now, 
I cannot get a single thought to come through this brain, through these fingers, on my computer, unless I have eliminated every single distraction there is. Every notification turned off. Even the little part where it has the little dot, the little red dot, got to turn that off too because it's on my computer, it's on my phone. My phone has to go over here completely off. Every notification there is, possibly known to man, completely off. Written on my door, please do not disturb, in study, everything off. And then I can make something happen. And sometimes I do that and I'm wondering, what in the world happened to me? It's like, it's like my kids, like they were born and it's like you're trying to do something at the house and they're right here and they're like, dad, 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 dad. And you're like, I'm trying to fold a towel. Dad, 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 stop it. I'm trying to fold a towel. I can't fold a towel with you talking. Has anybody else felt that pain? Distraction. We were at a Christmas party for our Canyon Hills Network. And we had this, this, this is going to sound very funny. Just go with me on it, okay? And I can show you the video later. But it was a Christian, I'm going to say that very carefully, Christian magician. I understand what some of you might be thinking. What? Just go with me. He was unbelievable. He preached the gospel. And pastors got saved that night. It was great. And so... He pulls this person like up on stage, okay? And I'm just gonna give you the illustration. And he has a roll of toilet paper. So he pulls this person up on stage and he has them put their hands together like this with the toilet paper roll in between. So the person's kind of holding it like a toilet paper holder. Okay, remember, flap this way, not under. And so he, he's doing that. And so he's like, okay, now you do this here and, and, and I'm gonna grab. And he would start to roll this out and he would grab a piece of toilet paper. He would crumple it up and then he would just simply go, okay, I've got it in my hand, which one? And of course, like on the first try, he makes it easy and the participant picks it and he's got it right. Then he starts to do this. Now, keep in mind, the person is sitting down on a chair just like this. He would start to have a conversation. He would pull another roll of toilet paper. He would bunch it up, and then he would do something like this. He's having a conversation. He's talking to the crowd. He's talking to him, and any time the person took their eyes off of this and went to hear, he'd say, no, 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 focus back on that. And as he said, no, 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 focus back on that, he took the toilet paper, and he threw it that way without this person knowing and then said, okay, which one? And of course, the person got it wrong because it was neither. So then he did it again. He pulled more toilet paper off, started to go, and then the person's eyes started going out to the crowd. It started going back to him. And when it went to him and it went back to the toilet paper, boom, he threw it back there again. He went like this, and then he said, which one? And of course, the person got it wrong. After seven times... This person could not find the toilet paper in the hand. And the guy just called it quits. He then began to describe how he did the trick. He said, if you notice, I made sure the person kept looking at the roll of toilet paper on their fingers. Anytime they got distracted by me talking to them or someone out in the crowd or something on the ground, anytime I drew his attention back, I threw the toilet paper behind them and did the trick. Make sense? Here's the problem. The guy sitting down on the chair was me. And then he gets done and he says, turn around. So I turn around and behind me are globs of crumpled up toilet paper sitting to the back. And he said this, he goes, not really a hard trick. He said, all I needed to do was distract you to pull the trick off. 
Here's the point I'm trying to make. When you are distracted by all the other things that really don't matter, you become ineffective and even can't even make a simple decision of right hand left hand. When you get so focused on all the things around you that really don't matter much in the grand scheme of life, instead of focusing on the things that do matter most, then what happens is, is you become me sitting in a chair looking like a fool to everybody else out in the crowd, like I did that night. I now hold it as a badge of honor. I think it's great. Distracted. How many would just say distraction's a big deal? It's a big, big deal. I think it's a ploy of the enemy. Because if we get even deeper here, more spiritual here, when you begin to focus on what's going on in your life, which God's word already has an answer for it, but you get distracted by the emotion or the feeling or the tension you're feeling, and you get distracted by that instead of by God's promises, he says, hey, I got your needs met. Hey, I can fix that relationship. Hey, I can give you a purpose. Hey, I can make people happen. By the way, I just gave you all four weeks of this new series right here. I can do all of that but we get distracted by everything else over here, we miss the good things that God has in store for us. So God would look at us and say, look, here's the deal. Don't get distracted. Now you might be asking, okay, how? How do I not get distracted? That was a very long introduction. Let me give you the opening verse. Matthew 5, 8. Here's what it says. Blessed are the pure in heart. Watch here now. For they shall, what's that word say? See God. Title of this series, series, seeing what matters most. Watch here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. My ability to see God is being pure in heart. Being pure in heart could be answered as, look, here's the deal. I got to determine what matters most. And God at the center matters most. Let me give you the big idea of this series. Watch here. Take care of distractions or distractions will take care of you. Simple truth. I'm going to say it every week in this series. Today we're talking about priority God at the center. Next week on purpose. You want to have a purpose? Take care of distractions. If not, they'll take care of you. What matters most? People matter most. Jesus saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion from day one. God's been trying to get people back. Take care of distractions or distractions take care of you. There's nothing else in this world you'll take to heaven except for people. You'll, you ain't taking no U-Haul full of your stuff. Some of you are like, thank the Lord for that. Some of you, they're like, oh no, I, I've I got to have that. No, no, no. People matter. But here's the deal. You got to take care of distractions. Understand this. In the area of putting God first, I understand that many people would say, Pastor Rich, how you answer putting God first, I think is a little bit different than how I would put God first. I think that's okay. The part that I'm concerned about are those who say, okay, I need to put God first and I have no idea where to begin. Those are the people I wanna to speak to today. The rest of you, hopefully this just cements what it is that you already know and pushes you to a deeper place in Christ. 
Now, as we get into the content, you're going to notice a number up on the screen, 805-321-1357. As we start this series and as we move forward in this year, that number is going to be on every single screen. If something is said today that causes you to have a question about the content, or maybe you would like some more information, at any given time, I'm giving you permission in church to pull out your phone, which some of you do because you're following on the Virgin Bible app, and I want you to text that number. And what we're going to do is we're going to correspond with you to help you understand the content in which we're talking about to help you walk out your faith. Amen? Okay, so here's how I'm going to answer the question of putting God first. Here's how we do it. How we do that is we must devote ourselves to an intimate relationship with God. Okay? That word intimate kind of trips people up a little bit. Okay? It's kind of hard to understand. By intimacy, what I'm saying is, is our goal to help you put God at the center is to get you so close to him that you understand his heart, his principles, and his purpose for your life. And you can only do that when you get close enough to God. So the question is, is what does that look like? So glad you asked. Take your Bible, go back to the New, Old Testament, and I want you to find the book of Song of Songs, okay? It's after Ecclesiastes. It goes Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, then the book Song of Songs. If you don't have it, you can follow up here, but I'm going to take you to a book in the Bible that really helps us understand this whole idea of what it means to find intimacy with God. And I'm going to journey you through these scriptures. Some of you have actually never read these scriptures before, and I'll tell you why, because somebody at some point might have said that this whole book is nothing more than love and intimacy towards other people. And I'm just like, I don't think God would devote a whole book in helping us understand it towards people, but more so towards God. So there's principles in this passage of scripture that may seem like it's going to a person, but it's actually showing us a pattern as it results to God. So when you see some of this verbiage in here, don't get awkward about it because it's going to sound awkward. Okay. Everyone look at me real quick. It's going to seem a little awkward but it's really, really good. I promise. Some of you are laughing because you've read that book before. You're like, goodness gracious. Okay. So let's look at at this first one. Chapter two, verse one. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Okay. Now watch here. If you're familiar with the terrain of this part of Israel, you will know that the lily of the valleys thrives in the hidden places of the valley. It doesn't grow in the heart or the hustle and the bustle of the city, but it grows in the countryside between mountain peaks and the depths of the valleys where it is quiet. How many guys like quiet and cold? I don't like cold. It's been very cold here the past couple days, but this is where the lily of the valley or the roses of Sharon begin to grow the best. So here's what's being said by this person in this, okay? In this, in this, in the scripture right here of Song of Songs, what's being said is it's saying, I am separated, I am out of the city, and I am in a hidden place. This is why I love slowing down and reading the Bible. Okay, I'll say that again. It's saying, I am separated from the city, I'm out of the city, and I'm in a hidden place. Now, when you read that, what I believe this is speaking to is it's speaking to those who want to discover what it means to walk in intimacy with God. You've got to be separated. You've got to be away from the busyness. 
And you've got to be in a place where you can hear God. Now, there are two ways to create intimacy with God. Number one, if you're taking notes, it goes like this. You've got to take time to separate from the constant noise of culture. Okay? This is going to come right at you and myself. I am convinced that the pace and the hecticness of life is one of the greatest robbers of intimacy that we ever have with Christ. Not just being distracted, but, but busyness. Or, or maybe I could say it's what I call the avalanche of activity. For some of us, speaking to me, if something's not on my calendar, I got to put something on that calendar because I got I to gotta be busy. I got to be doing something. I can't have any downtime. I got to be focused. I got to get in my purpose. I got to do this. I got to do that. And what happens is, is you just get busy. You ever seen an avalanche before? An avalanche, when it hits, takes over everything. And some of us, that's our lives. Everything's too hectic. There is no ability to pull away to a quiet, desolated, hidden place to simply meet with God because we're so busy. I'm also convinced that most of us feel powerless to change the dynamics that cause us to live busy lives. Because you know what it means? It means we might let somebody down. Everyone say this after me. Say no. Now say it like you really mean it. Say no. Do you know how much? That was very good. Can I just say something to you real quick? Do you know how much freedom that will actually bring to your life? If you just learn to say no? Because here's the reality. If you're saying yes to everything, you're actually saying no to something. And the problem is, we're not saying no to the things that really don't matter most. We're saying yes to everything. Which is then causing you to miss out on what you really should be focusing on. Determining what matters most. So keep in mind that you just said no in church today, and you said it twice, and one guy yelled it. So when you say, I love him for it too. So when you say, I don't know how to say no, you just did. And for some of us, that's one of the greatest principles that we can walk away here with, the ability to say no. Now, of course, there is no way I could stand up on this stage and say, oh, I got this one all figured out. I put this part of my notes. I'm like, Rich, listen to yourself. No is freeing. Sometimes you have to. It, it, I don't want to let people down. You will let people down. You're not perfect. And you can't be everything to everyone at any time. You just can't do that. You have to step back and determine what matters most. I was whining recently to the Lord, which has become a thing the past couple of weeks. You ever just done that? Just have a conversation with the Lord. You know, he's your friend, right? He calls you friends. So you can just walk with the Lord and just like tell him what's going on. I mean, other thing too is he can listen to your mind because, well, he created you. But you ever just walk around and just find yourself just poor me, whining, everything's going against me. How about this one? You ever felt like everyone's pulling at you? You ever felt that before? Let me just give you a newsflash. That's not reality. Everyone's not pulling from you. Everyone's, no, they're not. Because everyone implies everyone, okay? Exaggeration is key. <laughs> we exaggerate. We usually exaggerate when we're exhausted. Everything's out to get me. Everyone's against me. Blah, 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 blah. You ever been there? Hopefully I don't sound too um, disheartening there. <laughs> Speaking to myself. 
or sometimes to the demands of what other people think you should be doing with your time. You ever faced that one before? It's difficult. It's not easy. But when you determine what matters most, at some point, you kick into this ability to say, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, I've got the same amount of time as everyone else, right? So it's how I steward my time. And I know I'm saying this a lot, but it all goes back to what really matters most. Now, am I saying if you can't meet with that person that they don't matter? No, I'm just probably saying at that time, it's not the best decision to make. But there's more time. Like there's an actually a whole nother day, like tomorrow. Like it's gonna start and you can try there, right? But we get so focused on, I didn't do it today. There's more time. But what happens is, is I, just, I was just whining, just whining to the Lord. Like, gosh, Lord, I, I can't, I can't do that. I don't want to let people down and all these different things. And the Lord in his wisdom, as he normally does, always does, just simply says this, just make sure you're spending time with me and everything else will work out. I'm like, well, spending more time with you actually keeps me away from, from, from them. I, I'm not quite picking up on that, God. He was saying, just make sure you keep me first, put me first, and I'll give you the energy, the wisdom, and the ability to do all that you need to do for my purpose and for my sake. You just need to understand to put me first. See, if we seek him first with all of our hearts, then out of that intimacy, we will discover our personal best. I am at my best when God is at the center of my life. Now, I know that may sound oversimplistic, And maybe, even for some of it, mystical, right? But the reality is the nearness to the heart of God centers us, it brings us clarity, and it brings us revelation and wisdom when I'm seeking God. Think about David. David faced his enemies with extraordinary confidence because David knew how to master being intimate with God, being close to God, on the backside of the mountain, worshiping God full of confidence. Jesus would often literally pull away from his disciples early in the morning. Mark 1.35 said he arose early in the morning, departed to a place, and there he prayed. It would also say that Jesus would often withdraw up into the mountains, and there he would pray. Anytime you make a decision to pull away, to find a place to get close to God, the confidence that you need to tackle your day, to make your marriage work, to raise your children, to be the best employee or the best employer that you can possibly be, if you just get close to the heart of God, God will give you what you need and the confidence that you need to make it happen. Am I making sense? but it all comes back to getting close to God. Listen, in this passage, Song of Songs, what is this lady saying? She's saying, I am separated. I am out from the noise of the city and I am in a hidden place. Now, in verse three, she describes the love of her beloved as a love that is both shades and satisfaction. If you go back and you read it, it talks about what it means to be. Watch here in verse number three. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. Here's what it says. I sat down in his shade with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Here's what's being said. Jesus, the lover of your soul, 
wants to be a shelter for you to hide under, wants you to be satisfied with the deepest longings of your soul. Jesus does. He wants what's best for you. Listen, religion, if you think about it, is is, is man's search for God, right? But God has found us in Jesus. He's found you. Have you noticed that he wants a relationship with you? Have you noticed that? The Bible says God is a jealous God, not willing that anyone would have their attention over him. That's how God is towards you. But Okay, let me put it this way. Let me try to correlate this. Some people serve God, and I'm just trying to lay the foundation for this whole series, but specifically today. Some people, in their relationship towards God, it just feels like a duty. You ever notice that? It just feels like something, well, I have to do this today. I gotta, I gotta make this happen. Rather than, I'm so passionate about God that I get to be with him today. Okay, Valentine's Day is coming up. Gentlemen, Valentine's Day is coming up. That is universal code for, for whatever reason, guys, don't forget it. Women don't have to do anything on that day. If they do, that's a bonus. You do. And they will not let you forget that. Don't look at me at that tone of voice. But imagine this. Imagine it's Valentine's Day, and you, you make the day happen, gentlemen. You get all the plans figured out, roses delivered at work, lunch for them, dinner reservations, whatever the case may be, and you get to the end of your day, and your spouse looks at you and says, oh, thank you so much. You know, I was not expecting that. Right? Sometimes truth. (laughs) Parentheses. Neither was he. You shouldn't have. So thankful. And can you imagine the gentleman looking over and say, well, I had to. It was my duty. How many of you guys know what's not taking place that night after that conversation right there? Don't look at me that way. It's real life. Can you imagine if it was that way? Why well, I just have to. It's my duty. I know I've hit this before, but let me say it respectfully. Nothing else better going on this weekend. I'll go to church. Sorry I get so convicted over this one, but it's an epidemic in Christianity. God, let me fit you in my schedule. And what I've learned is that when it's not a priority on Sunday, it's normally not a priority Monday through Saturday. Normally. So what happens is, is guys like me who will be accountable to God one day when I get to heaven, says, were you willing to preach my word with boldness? Now, with love, because we have what's called relational equity. You guys know what that means? When you have relational equity with someone, you can speak the truth and they'll hear you out because they know you love them. That that's why someone that you value and that loves you, when they pull you off to the side, they say, hey, look, we need, we need to talk about something here. You can respect that. 
See, sometimes topics will become very heavy at church. But here's my question. Where else is that conversation going to take place? And it's not just church attendance. It goes all the way back to what we're talking about, placing God at the center. If he's not at the center, I would much rather get up here, look like a fool, preach as hard as I can in love, and challenge you to put God at the center of your life. Because I know that when you do, the full blessing of the Lord comes upon you. And I'm not saying it of anybody in this church, but I've just realized that some people really do treat God like leftovers. If I just have enough time left, I'm with you, God. And listen, you're shortchanging yourself. You're missing it. There's so much power in placing God at the center, but it all comes back to having passion. So I'm going to ask you the question, are you passionate about your relationship with Jesus? Are you? Now I'm going to help some of you because you immediately say, nope. And for some of you, I would disagree. And I want you to look at me and here's why I would disagree. Because you have not really identified how loving God really is. And you take one day of missing a devotion to eliminate you from being a passionate follower of Jesus. Because you see, do and don't, right? But God's love towards you is not conditional. It's unconditional. God's love towards you does not change. Us now, our love towards him. We love him, the scripture says, because he first loved us. So therefore, when I'm passionate about Jesus, and I understand that I am born into a sinful nature, though the righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up, book of Proverbs. If you have fallen 177 times, get back up. If you have fallen 7,777.7777777 times, you get back up. And you know why you can get back up? Because he loves you still. What a great deal that is. But what I'm saying to some of you is you're saying, oh, I'm not passionate about Jesus. And I'm going to say, no, I think you're passionate about Jesus because you would answer the question, yes, I want to know him more. Okay, so then what you got to do is you got to take that passion that says, you know what, God, I do love you. You need to sit down and you need to write down all of the distractions that are getting in the way of you having an intimate relationship with Christ. For some of you, you do have to let go. And I'll let you fill in the blank, A, B, C, and D. I'll give you one of my examples, okay? And then we'll close. I'm just gonna give you one. And I want you to hear me out here, okay? There are things throughout my day that cause me to stay close to the heart of God. Prayer is one of them. I believe in the Bible and Thessalonians, pray continually without ceasing, so it's not like I stop everything I'm doing, get down on my knees and pray. I could be praying as I'm walking out to my truck to take a drive to go pick up my boys. 
I could be praying as I'm working out, doing CrossFit, most of the time praying for God to help me please get out of this situation. And God, please give me the wisdom not to come back here tomorrow. Never answers that prayer because I show up tomorrow anyways. Pray anyway. Pray all the time. But there was one thing I had that God, he just checked me on. This is a personal conviction, okay? This, listen to me personal conviction to me. This doesn't mean this has to be for you, okay? I do believe that there is entertainment and music that as believers, we should probably steer clear from. I'm gonna let you fill in the blanks. That's between you and God. I'm gonna just tell you that right now. I do believe scripturally that there are some things that God's word points out that we need to be very cognizant of, okay? You guys understand me on that one? If you don't understand that, you're not gonna understand what I'm getting ready to say. So for me, I am as rock and roll as they come, like hardcore rock and roll. Love it, work out to it, drive around to it. My boys are like, dad, we're in the truck, it's rock and roll time. They get inside mama's car, it's like indie, I don't even know what it is, like <laughs> folk, dancey, fun. I'm just like, ah, pedal to the middle, let's go. And the reality was, is there was music that I was listening to that wasn't, it wasn't Christian, but it wasn't vile either. It was just music. Nothing wrong with that. I won't, I won't even play the secular garbage, okay? But God was drawing me closer to a place with him. And for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit prompted me and just said, I want you to steer clear of that, and I want you to listen to more worship. Again, wasn't that the music was wrong or bad or or that would send me to hell. I'm not saying that. It wasn't. There wasn't even cursing in it. There wasn't degrading of women in it. Vice versa. There was nothing wrong with it. But it wasn't worship. And it wasn't uplifting God. And God just dealt with me. And I had no, I, it just came out of nowhere. And I was like, whew, okay. And here's what I felt the Holy Spirit say. I want you to spend more time getting close to God than you are right now. And I just said, okay. Now again, type A, went to my Apple music, $9.99 a month, got rid of all the other stuff. And the only thing on my computer is praise and worship, or I guess what we would call genre, Christian, whatever. That's all that's there. So every time I'm working on something, driving somewhere, working out, going for a walk, I'm just worshiping just for me, because I felt God say, get closer to me, worship me more. And I tell you what, right now, it's the greatest decision I've made since the beginning of the year, was to find every opportunity I could find to stay close to God in worship and in prayer. Now, that does not mean you aren't doing the same thing if you don't listen. I'm not saying that. See, sometimes people have the wrong question. They say, is it okay for me as a Christian to do dot, 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 wrong question. The question should be, does this make me holy? Be holy, scripture says, for I am holy. It's not a matter of as a Christian, should I do this? Bible's very clear. But I think in every question or every distraction, is it making me holy? or not, and then let God do the rest. I'm telling you right now, for some of you, 
This is so off topic. Like literally not even a month. Don't even care. For some of you, the greatest thing you can do today is to say, God, show me the distractions in my life that I need to set to the side. And here's what I love about this. I'm convinced that if you do that, number one, because you're consulting God, that your relationship with God in whatever area it needs to be, if you allow him to be in the center of that area and you stick that out and you block out the distractions, I'm telling you, you will get to a place with God where you were so close to him, it's as if he was standing in the flesh right next to you, walking this thing out with you. I guarantee you that, but it's up to you, right? Do you want more of God? If you do, you just need to get closer. And I'm here to tell you, you can. I'm here to tell you, it'll be the greatest decision you'll make. I'm here to tell you, your 2020, roaring 20s, right? I'm telling you right now, this will be the greatest year of your life. If you eliminate distractions, put God first in the center. It'll be awesome, amen? Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to hear more about what God is doing through our church at Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo. For more information, visit canyonhills.com.